0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.
1: What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's a splendid tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about. You can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersAndBakers.com
2: This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But I'm going and- Mississippi Here I come. You're listening to good things with Rebecca Turner. Well, Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come.
1: bringing
0: Mississippi. you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now here's Rebecca.
2: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And you've probably heard that Mississippi is deep into its legislative session, unless you're living under a rock. And proposed bills are all the talk of the town. But one I think is a good thing is a bill that was created by fourth graders at Mansdale Upper Elementary to get Mississippi a state fruit. And joining us today is the teacher and a few of the students behind the project, Miss Lisa. Hey Lisa. Hey, how are you? I am doing well, and I love this from the moment that I heard about it and the fact that it was some of our students that have sort of encouraged it or inspired it. So how did this get started in your class? Is, was this a project, or how did it get brought up in topic?
3: Honestly, it was a child talking out of turn. Um, we read um, Scholastic News once every other week, and you know we usually just go through, pick an article or two a day, and we read and discuss. And we happened to read an article about a group of kids in Kansas who convinced their legislators to adopt the Sand Hill Plum as their state fruit. And, of course, you know, inquisitive minds in my group decided to say, well, what's our state fruit? And I said, you know, I have no idea. So we looked on the Internet, and it said nothing. So, of course, um, it It rolled from there. They were like, well, we need one, and it just blossomed from that moment. And uh, they did some research and found the blueberry as the most grown state in the U.S., or I'm sorry, in Mississippi, and we ran with it.
2: You ran with it. And it's one thing to maybe have the conversation in class, Lisa, or to sort of like walk through, why don't we have it? What would make the best fruit? But you really went the next step. And it was like, hey, here is a teachable opportunity to, you know, educate our kids about the legislative process. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, did you even know where to start or that, you know, how to sort of do that? Well, I'm I'm one of those. Teachers, I guess that wants
3: to go for that teachable moment. That's why I do what I do. And so um, at that moment, I was like, well, obviously we've got to go with something because they're so excited. They've already done research. And honestly, I was sitting at home with my husband, and he works in business. So he was like, okay, well, you need to reach out to Jill Ford because he um, had known her through his through his work. And so um, I was like, well, okay. So I, I emailed her with my class watching on the screen and um, you know, not really expecting anything to come of it. And it wasn't two hours later she had emailed me back and was wanting to come talk to my class and um, help them get a bill written. And so from there, I mean, she just carried us under her wing, mentored us, and has gotten us to this point.
2: And which, which point are we at, Lisa? What have you taught your kids? Where, where's the bill at?
3: <clears throat> well, right now it has passed the House, and it just passed the Tourism Committee, Committee of the Senate. And it's just a waiting vote for the Senate now.
2: And if it was to pass, is it just that we would be able to highlight it as our state fruit? Or would something extra special happen? Would you know? Would blueberries become higher priced? In this? No, I'm just picking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, would it just be the fact that we would now acknowledge that this fruit has such a significance in our state?
3: Yes, we would acknowledge that. And... Um, Hopefully, you know, we'll, Mansell will be known as the blueberry school, I guess, and um, just, you know, just having another symbol for the students to learn and something for the students in the future to say, okay, in, you know, 2023, this group of kids did this. They're not ancient symbols that have been decided upon
2: So you can still make an impact, I think, is one of the things, too, and that you can have a voice and you can reach out to your legislators. Okay, I know you've got two of your students, I think, joining us today. Uh, Who do we have?
3: I have Riley, Claire Graham, and Coleman Van Devender.
2: Hi, Riley and Coleman. Riley, I'm going to start with you. What made you think that the blueberry was the perfect state fruit for Mississippi? Um...
3: Well, we when we first heard about the idea we looked it up and it said it was the most grown fruit and since it was the most grown it seemed like that was kind of the most reasonable fruit to be the state
2: fruit. Do you like blueberries? Um, kind of. <laughs> In some things. Blueberry muffins are pretty good. Yes. So, Coleman, you got to write letters or reach out to your legislators or your representatives. What was that process like? Did you enjoy it?
3: Uh, yes, I did. I felt pretty happy that I could actually
2: do this. Have you followed the process the whole way? Pretty much, yeah. I haven't wrote any letters to the Senate yet. Well, not yet. There's still time. You know, I hear that all of the legislators listens to good things every single day. And so if they're listening, what do you want to tell them about your uh, House Bill 1027?
1: I would
3: like to tell them that I hope that they vote for it and we can move on with this bill and get it as our state fruit.
2: As I say, I think that's pretty cool. Lisa, if, are you already gearing up for a victory, uh, lap if, if it does pass and it gets the votes, which I can't, I can't see why anybody would be against it, but, <laughs> but, but is there going to be a big blueberry party? Absolutely.
3: The kids are already asking for a blueberry party. So, um, they're pretty excited. We're so excited. We actually get to go this week. We're going to the Capitol for a field trip that was previously planned anyway. And so just to get them, let them go and see that is a party in itself, um, just to see where their letters have been going and what they, where these people work that we've been trying to communicate with. And then, I mean, I just can't even fathom thinking about the governor signing it. If it were to happen, it's just, it's something that you didn't dream would even happen when you sent that first email. So it's pretty cool to watch these kids learn and be a part of social studies and not just reading about social studies.
2: Well, I think it's a good reminder to everybody too, listening to good things, Lisa. That you know, it's never too late to make an impact. That the process is a process for a reason, and it's open to anybody, even fourth graders, right? You just yeah. have to be able to get out, have the courage to connect with your legislators, and then you know, share what you think you know um, is meaningful within your community. But during the research, I know that blueberries weren't the only fruit that kind of was in the in the running for potentially being our state's fruit. What other ones came up for consideration?
3: Well, you know, we we have to plug Mississippi State for a moment. You know, I'm a, a grad. However, um, we used their um, website as our main source that we knew was a reliable source, their um, extension website with their agriculture program. And um, we that's where we discovered blueberries was the main fruit. But we did also find things like muscadines. And, of course, the Smith County watermelon came into comparison as well, knowing how popular it is around here. Um, and then we also researched that, you know, tree fruits like pears and apples were large. But what made us really decide blueberry was the fact that it said that it had 2,000 acres per capita and a lot of production and um, economic impact in the area. So um, it was just definitely a front runner according, according to that website and other um, sites that we searched. So we just knew that we could back that with the most facts.
2: I think it's cool, too, that so many are looking out their windows into their backyards, watching their blueberry bushes or trees start to get blossoms on them, knowing that so many of us have spent time in our Mississippi summers picking those or, yes. you know, sharing and spreading them around. So it's not something that's just stuck to, you know, uh, agricultural farms or, or big productions. It's something yes. we can all sort of feel like it's, is part of our our Mississippi upbringing. Coleman, do you like blueberries? Uh, I sort of do. I don't,
3: I don't eat them
2: much. Are you going to eat more of them if they become our state fruit? Yes, I will. <laughs> Riley, are you looking forward to going to the Capitol? Yes, I want to meet other legislators. Well, you make sure you shake their hand and remind them that one day you're going to be their boss. When you get voting age, you're the ones that will be able to keep them, you know, in their jobs or sort of, you know, not. So they, they, you know, they, they work for you, which I think is cool. And you're, you're using the process. Lisa, I think this is a wonderful story. It's so inspiring. Super cool. What a fun memory for the students. We'll be following it. So, you know, you're welcome back to celebrate. We're just going to put all the good vibes out there for the blueberry becoming the state, um, the state fruit.
3: Oh, well, thank you. We are so overwhelmed just by the support that we've received. And, you know, we grow blueberries here at Mansell, and it is so exciting to see Mansell Upper making a, um, an impact in the community so we definitely are so thankful to everyone who's reached out to us and been supporting us
2: through this process. I feel like there needs to be blueberry stickers on the football helmets going up and uh, Madison Central and all the things so. <laughs>
3: well I'll, I will have to ask for that for
2: sure. <laughs> uh, well you, you're getting what you want for you know keep going Just keep shooting high Lisa. I appreciate yes. your time. Riley and Coleman thank you. you
3: Thank you
2: so much. All right, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. watch Good Things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, or even on YouTube. You can now watch Good Things too on C Spire TV. We are on Channel 70, right next to the Weather Channel, which is a beautiful day that the Lord has made. Although I think some storms may be inching its way in, either tonight or tomorrow, so stay weather aware. Also be aware that country music superstar Morgan Wallen, he is coming to Oxford. It's coming up quick, fast, in a hurry. We want to give you a chance to win some tickets. That's two sweet seat tickets for the um, April the 23rd. That is a Sunday's uh, performance. It's at Vault Hemingway Stadium. You do this by registering in town and they're all over the state. You can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find out where to register. You can head on to Little Caesar's Pizza in Brookhaven, Southern Business Supply Meridian, Attack of the Town and Hazelhurst are just some examples of a few places around your town that you can find the registration uh, places. So we're at the top of March. So we've only got about a couple more weeks for you to get out and to register for that fun um, opportunity. So you don't want to not have your hat or your name in the hat, so to speak, because you never know. we got to draw somebody. It might as well uh, be you. Thinking of the legislative process and turning things into bills, which I guess technically is law as well, I thought it would be fun over on the Good Things Facebook group, where if you hadn't joined us, you really should. This is a fun conversation that's really getting going, and it's asking you, What should be against the law, not really law, but what should be against the law but isn't, and of course this is good things, we keep it family friendly, we keep it lighthearted, and we keep it kind, and I'll have to say I haven't had to delete any comments yet, but don't don't push me because (laughs) I will. But most of you are pretty trained on the name of the game here, and it's just uh, something to have fun with. But it's those things that sort of just irk you. They just rub you the wrong way. You can't believe why anybody would want to. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh. That should be against the law. Like Scott got us started with unsweet tea. Why is that even allowed? I would say unsweet tea has its place in the ethers because of, you know, those that are looking to manage diabetes or just, you know, enjoy the plant at its most basic uh, element, which would be brewed leaves. But I get it. You don't that's not something for you. So you would rather it be, you know, abnormal versus the norm I can totally get um, get behind that Lindsay says it should be against the law for not putting your grocery cart back we could go into a whole probably life lesson moral debate on the whole thing but I totally agree usually I don't I do it because it's just how I was raised and it would drive me nuts if I was the person who had to go get them I only cuss you if you're Grocery cart has now blocked my ability to park somewhere that I wanted to. And then the, then all heck broke loose and I'm saying ugly word. I don't even know who you are, but now I am judging you. So I agree, but you wonder how that would work. Like you just get dinged or fined. Like you just wind up with a check or an invoice in the mail. You've been fined 50 bucks for being a poor human. Like, I mean, could you imagine? Well,
1: I mean, they they do put a little bit of incentive into it in uh, other countries and even some places across the U.S. It just hasn't quite made its way to Mississippi, at least in any significant number. But you go to a grocery store in Europe, pretty much anywhere in Europe, Mm -hmm. go to a grocery store out in California or Up around New York, you're going to have to take a little bit of pocket change with you
2: because you have to pay for it. Because you
1: got to put a little quarter in the thing as a deposit to unlock the shopping cart. They figured it out. And then if you want to get that quarter back, you got to put it back in there.
2: All right, America, let's 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 make it happen. Come on, one of our local grocery stores have got to. They'll start the trend. The others will totally would totally catch on. But then, I know, you don't always have a quarter, whatever, I get it, but you, you would get trained, quit-like, and in a hurry.
1: But that also offers the opportunity for any enterprising young person to uh, go across the parking lot and collect the buggies that didn't get taken back. and. Have a little pocket change.
2: Absolutely. I love this. This is great. I I think we need to put that in motion and figure out how to get that moving forward. Jay from the res, as long as um, others, have said not using your blinkers. I get that. Like, trust me. Blinkers make friends. I totally get it. Um, But isn't that, like, technically, isn't that, like, against the law? Isn't it? Yes. Right. You're
1: supposed to use your indicators or blinkers (laughs) when you make a turn and you're supposed to do it before you make the turn so that you can alert the other drivers that you're going to make the turn.
2: Which my daddy always taught me that blinkers don't mean they're actually, doesn't indicate nothing, so that you should still be weary, but it's still kind of you to do. Like, you should not not use your blinker because of that. But as a driver, you also should not... Take that for face value because they could be turning after you, before you, or wherever it may be. I mean, it
1: would be different if you had to reach over into the passenger seat and crank a thing about 15 I mean, times and then trip flip trip. something over this way. No, it's it's right there, and you just have to move your hand this way or this way. I'm
2: going to take you back to driver's dead. If you're watching over at supertalktv.com, we'll see if Rhino gets it. If your blinker's broken... And you roll down your window.
1: Oh, man, I'm not going to get this.
2: Good, but, well, darn, because I don't know the answers either. I was just going to, I know the motions.
1: <laughs> I, I remember this part of the test, and it was the only part I didn't get right.
2: I remember the motions, but I don't remember. I know you stick your arm out of the window, and then it's, I think, straight means something, down means something, and up I means something. I've actually had to do
1: this, and I still don't know what it is. <laughs> I just know that when I was going left, I'd stick my arm out the window and point left. <laughs> Or if I was going right, I'd stick my hand and point over the top of the car.
2: I just know that if you're behind someone who has the like sheer decency to even utilize that at first you're completely caught off guard like are we throwing away something are we what are we doing and then you recognize they're not waving they are they are legitimately signaling to you and then you sit back and slow down like you should regardless of what their next action is and then they take the right or the left and for a split second you go i learned that that's what that means and then you go on about you know, your drive or whatever it may be.
1: All right. Because we strive to be accurate and a little bit educational every once in a while, I'm going to give you the official way you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. Hand signals for road safety. If you stick your arm out and you raise your hand, that's a right turn. If you stick your arm straight out, that's a left turn. And if you stick your arm down, that means you're slowing down or stopping. That helps if you have brake lights out as well.
2: Oh, So up, up is right. You're taking an oath, you're making a right angle. You're making you're taking the oath, pledge of allegiance, whatever it may be, right angle.
1: Left, you're literally pointing left.
2: You are is that always? I guess out if the you're in the driver's side. seat, yeah. Huh? Somebody said, "Well, that work," and then down. Slow down. Slow down. hi dog! You're smarter for tuning in today. Who knew? I you know I again blinkers make friends you can completely do it but two thumbs ups to those of you who actually take the time and be respectful to utilize that and now your homework is to teach your kids and then confuse the heck out of whoever's driving behind you this afternoon just make sure that you actually go in the direction that you yeah don't
1: click your right blinker on and stick your arm to the left that's just going to be confusing
2: yes Someone mentioned with the um grocery carts that aldi supermarkets
1: which makes sense because I think Audi, isn't that kind Audi, of a Audi, European yep. import, mm-hmm. or at least a European style grocery store.
2: And if you start it from, and that that would be where, if you're a newer establishment that wants to set the precedent of how your establishment is going to work, you have that opportunity to go from the get go. You got to pay a quarter to get your buggy, a quarter to get it, you get your quarter back or, or however it may be. It would be. Could you imagine the bum buzzledness of a couple of weekends it would take if you at your larger establishments who have never been that way and then you tried to just over implement that? It would be it would be chaos in the buggy department
1: for You would need to have somebody standing out front with one of those cool <laughs> coin counters that yes. they have for the for the bellhops at, at Sonic.
2: You would have to have some op some option. For for getting change or quarters or you know or whatever whatever it may be, um, Pat Oxford said parking at the gas pumps when you're not getting gas to save a few steps. I'm guilty. But
1: I don't I, really mind that as much it if they're open. Yes, like, like if it's a busy gas station, yeah, that's a jerk move. Yes, but if it's nine o'clock at night and you're the only person at the convenience store, I don't have a problem with that. What irks me is when someone just pulls up right at the door. That way they just open their door and get out and go right there. It's like you have inconvenienced everyone. People have to go around your vehicle just to get to the door.
2: John's making fun of me. If you're watching, we're watching. I stuck out my right hand, and it's supposed to be your left hand. In fairness, John, the way the camera is set up... Wait, no, my left hand would have been much more appropriate. (laughs) Uh, So... Yeah, don't let your passenger do your blinker. Whatever uh for you or apparently me, but don't go anywhere. We got more fun for you coming up next.
0: upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to
2: You can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But we're having a lot of fun over on the Good Things Facebook group today, pondering the idea what should be legal or illegal, excuse me, what should be what should be against the law? I guess you could say illegal as well, Um, but it isn't. And we're staying family friendly and we're having a lot of fun with it. And we're one There's a lot of food ones in here, which I think we could. We we have fought about that here on Good Things for the last going on almost six years. What condiments belong on what foods or not. But there it says putting mayonnaise on a hot dog, someone followed up, or ketchup. Y'all know my feelings with ketchups don't belong on burgers, they go with the fries. But I get. I feel like. But I don't think it should be against the
1: law. Ketchup has an age cutoff. Like if you're. 80 and still putting ketchup on the hot dog maybe branch out a bit there are other condiments that make the hot dog even better mustard I, I can get behind them with the mayo on a hot dog is just why
2: mayo on barbecue <laughs> <laughs> some of your feathers just got so ruffled i think you know and it's tricky when they ask you with everything whenever you're going to order somewhere and you just have to know that you have a palette that can take whatever's supposed to be thrown at you because well, unless you already are familiar with the establishment and you say, sure, everything, I'm good, like bring it on and then you get in you're like, whoa, Like I didn't know you were putting everything on it. Like, well, it's literally in the question which I asked you, do you want everything on it? But there are other things like the ketchup on the burger, whatever, I feel like should just be left. What do you want on it or leave it blank and let you like you do it that you put it on it but then i know that also entails effort on your part and so i get that as well but the whole have it your way is that burger king yeah i don't know i mean i don't not is it mcdonald's that automatically ketchup comes on the burger i think it is i believe so yeah i eat so few of them that it's not like i'm not i'm gonna starve to death if there's ketchup on a hamburger but i do pass judgment At barbecues and cookouts, when I watch friends and family go through the picnic table line and you pick up the bottle of ketchup and you don't put it to the side, you put it on top of your burger. I'm like, who raised you? Why are we doing this? And then you put another glob down there for your French fries. I'm like, excessive, excessive much.
0: Whereas
1: I'm the weirdo that for just about as long as I can remember, if barbecue was an option, I was putting barbecue on burgers and fries. In the place of what you were talking about with ketchup,
2: right? And I think we had that conversation not too long ago. <clears throat> that you would ask, you'd ask for barbecue, not for for ketchup for French fries. I like ketchup on French fries. I like, I don't dislike ketchup. Um, I just think tater tots, all those kinds. I feel, I feel like it's a dipping sauce. It's not like a, a whatever <clears throat> on the on the, on the bun. But I, I don't mind it on a hot dog. But I don't. mayonnaise feels weird
1: I'm oddly pickier with what I put on a hot dog than I ever will be with a hamburger and I blame it on eating too many fast food burgers in college and being a broke college student so when you're scraping together change from the couch cushions to go buy a fast food burger you want everything you can get on it that they're going to give you because it's not going to make it any cheaper to take the tomatoes or the lettuce or anything off you're already paying for it at that point
2: I I totally agree with that. Dill picker. <clears throat> Speaking of hamburgers, excuse me. Dill pickles on a hamburger. I just feel like that's the American way. Unless you feel like the pickle belongs on the side.
1: Or are you a sweet pickle on a burger kind of person?
2: I don't know, but I know there's a lot of folks who don't believe that the Lord's chicken should have come with a pickle on it. They find it very odd that your chicken sandwich has a pickle. There's there's a huge line in the sand for chick-fil-a lovers that like it as it is pickle and all and then ones who either ask for it off or in the moment they get their sandwich it's like flung to the side or whatever it may be
1: <clears throat> i wonder if those people realize that part of the unique flavor you stop get don't from ruin it for Chick-fil-A. people
2: stop don't ruin it for people
1: it's the fact that they marinate their chicken and pickle juice
2: but but if you're not a pickle lover you, it doesn't taste like pickles See, now now we're going to have a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think chick fil is going to lose any business because of good things. But it doesn't smell like pickles. So it gets the flavor of pickles, which I mean, the flavor from the, the pickle juice, which I've also heard a lot of southern women say they're chicken salads. One of their best kept secrets is sweet pickles chopped real, real fine and or they'll leave out the pickles and put like a tablespoon or a teaspoon of the juice in there and I don't know what it is about the juice or the pickle juice and the chicken that works so well together but it doesn't, now that I've told you that you may can taste it, I don't know, but if I never told you that you probably thought this tastes really good and I can't put my finger on it and then that's probably it could be one of the reasons that you like it in that way.
1: It's just a little bit of sweetness setting it off.
2: Maybe so. Maybe so. Raw onions, Randy says, should also be against the law. If you got indigestion, absolutely. I loved them pre-babies, post-babies. I don't know. I like the idea of them. I can eat them cooked. But me and raw onions, brrr, like I just, I mean, they go down fine. <laughs> It's just they don't settle very well.
1: I don't know. I, th- I think onions they they add an element to a a burger, especially like a cookout a- at a cookout where you got a little bit thicker burger than you get at a fast food place. so you have a little bit more meatiness to the mouthfeel mm-hmm. and you put the couple rings of onions on there, so you get a little bit of crunch and a little bit of the bite from the onion.
2: Onion rings don't bother me again, they're cooked. But it's something about that raw and red onions are the worst. I love the taste of them. I love the smell of them. Although they make me cry if I'm cooking with them, but eating them, they go down great. But ooh, I'm gonna find. Oof, I'm gonna be doing that. About a couple hours. A couple hours later. Let's we'll bring
1: it full circle. Pickled red onions Can are amazing this? on a burger. Really? I oh don't yeah. I think
2: I've ever had that.
1: Just hmm. that whole sweetness, kind of vinegary, just adds a little pop
2: i like a chow chow or like a um pepper onion whatever sort of pickled mix i think that's completely underrated for for toppings, for things that way, again, if you're eighty and you're still just putting mustard on your hot dog we need to we need to get you to to branch out just a little bit. Here's one though that's a great debate, and this is what's fun about a lot of things that you feel like should be against the law but are not there's very few that all of us actually agree on because and there's probably a few also we all actually you know sort of agree on um because some folks don't care or see it one way and the other. But in many houses, they are divi- not divided. There's just one that really feels like it should be done a certain way. And then there's the rest of the house that really doesn't understand why it irks your nerves so much. And it's the putting the toilet paper on the holder in what they consider the wrong way. The only way that's the wrong way is a way I can't get into it or to it if I need to use it. And that's usually in like a commercial setting. Nothing is worse than having that big roll of toilet paper there. And, and it's the
1: one-ply doesn't have the strength to move the roll.
2: And it's spinning and or whatever, and it's like trying to find the beginning of a tape, and it's like the fresh roll, and you can't find the beginning of the tape, and you're sitting there frustrated. Now you're just sitting on a pot so vulnerable, and you're trying to figure out how do I get into this entire useful thing of toilet paper. And... You get, I mean, you get it. You figure it out. You you start in like the way somewhere, but it's never the right way, and it's that's frustrating. But in terms of at home, I'm just so happy every time I sit down to go, and it's still in there, because with two kids and whatever, and sinus season, usually the toilet paper gets up and walks off, because it's not necessarily tied to the to tied to the thing.
1: One point I would make about the uh, the toilet paper holder is the designer of the toilet paper holder had a particular way for it to be used in mind because when they filed the patent for it, the toilet paper is coming over, not going under. In every picture on the patent, the toilet paper is going over.
2: Well, I'm just proud of you if it's a usables amount on the roll, Locked and loaded, ready for me to be able to find and go which direction I have to pull it doesn't really bother me. But some folks are very, you know, specific uh, sort of about this. Here's one I think I don't know of someone who in the in the right shoes, meaning not the one doing the act, would be against this being against the law talking on speaker phones in public. Why? Why? Do you want everybody to hear what you're talking about?
1: I, I will play devil's advocate slightly on this. No. I this ha- is a unifying I have, moment. I've known people that the speaker that they usually listen to broke on That's their phone. That's mine,
2: but I'm not going to talk to so you about it. So they public.
1: would use speakerphone instead because it was the only way they could actually have a phone call.
2: I've been that person, and i try to remove yourself Still not walking down the grocery aisle having a full blown conversation on I'd rather Yeah, me- some
1: people just don't have any shame.
2: I would rather m- talk
1: about things on speakerphone that <laughs> rather you, you me- couldn't pay me to talk about.
2: <laughs> I would rather me think you're talking to yourself or the spaghetti because you're using the little ear thing you than to than to me on the speaker All right, we got more to talk to you about coming up next. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Head on over to the Good Things Facebook group. We're just having a lot of fun today thinking about the things that should be against the law that aren't. And we went down a whole rabbit hole about putting mayonnaise on a hot dog. <laughs> Kathleen chimes in says, I'd be in prison for life if it was against the law to put mayonnaise on a hot dog. So there again, these are the fun things that... Divide us, but don't really, you know, cause the big, uh, the the debate's worth having, in my opinion, because you like what you like and you, you know, you don't what you don't and you sort of move on. But Jeff and Oxford's got another one I feel like we can all rally around and say, I don't understand it, and it should be punishable by the worst offense, and that is putting empty containers back in the refrigerator or empty boxes back in the pantry. Like, I don't, I don't fully wrap my mind around the, the idea, like, Why can't we move it to the garbage can Where it belongs I think if it's empty and your hands are on it And it goes back in the fridge or on the pantry You should get zapped There should be some form of technology That just zaps you right there In the butt that's like you moron
1: I would expand that to not just empty But with just the tiniest amount left It's just because rude. I've, I've seen that used as an argument It's like well there's still a little bit left Alright take a sip out of your cup and finish it off
2: Yes, I totally agree.
1: I got one for all the uh, grammar teachers and English teachers oh, man, and all I'm that there. Oh, man, I'm going to get there.
2: my feelings hurt.
1: <laughs> I don't think fishes should be a proper plural, but grammatically, it can be used. Really? So you have a fish, like a singular fish. Mm-hmm. If you've got a school of all of the same type of fish, that's fish. As plural mm-hmm. for fish the only time it's grammatically correct or acceptable to say fishes is if you've got multiple types of fish all together so they to different. me that's just fish but if they're all different you can say fishes
2: well you got a point though because it's geese not birds because then it's birds if it's Different time trying to figure it out. But fish is about the only like, yeah, fishes, fish. Do you know I spent with another co-worker probably 20 minutes of my life? I can't get back trying to understand. Do you spell it fillet with an one L or two? <laughs> There's really not a right or a wrong answer. The fillet with two is more of like. A French sort of fancier, the fillet. The fillet. <laughs> Where if you're going to McDonald's and getting a fish ole it's fish fillet with it, with the singular ale.
1: I want fish ole <laughs> That's fish with milk. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> what this? is this? A fish? That's like a
1: Starbucks order for a penguin.
2: But it's not fish fillet. What is it at McDonald's? It is, is it fish fillet. fillet. It's, there's an O in there, isn't there?
1: I don't think so.
2: <laughs> okay. I've never actually ordered one, so.
1: <clears throat> I think it's just the fish full unless they've changed it to like the McFishy or something, because they, they changed the crispy chicken sandwich to the McCrispy. Didn't they? Oh, yeah.
2: Hold on. Let's find out.
1: A quick Google of the fish sandwich from <laughs> McDonald's.
2: Well. Comes up how many carbs? F- f- oh, filet o fish. Aha.
1: So there is an O in there. There is but an we were
2: O. Oh, Jim and the Delta got it filet. And it's with one L, too. So it's not filet o fish.
1: <laughs> not to be confused with fish ole.
2: Ole, ole, ole. I couldn't help myself. Uh-huh. So they should sell those at soccer stadiums now everywhere.
1: The fish ole. The
2: fish ole. The fish. Ole. The Filet of fish and it is a registered trademark by by mickey d's and i never knew it had cheese on it oh yeah
1: and tartar sauce
2: you people buy that i could see the cheese or the tartar sauce it feels like the two dairies together don't work in my opinion, I mean, there
1: in are some people that opinion. would argue that you shouldn't have any cheese near fish at any at any point in time, but I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good tuna melt is delicious.
2: A good tuna melt... So I was sitting here trying to write my brain. A good tuna melt is delicious. Cream cheese on the right sushi isn't terrible. Uh, um, but when you see... Which is funny, because the few times my daughter loves McDonald's and will drive <laughs> through and she'll say, Mom... The burgers on the menu don't look anything like the burgers they give you.
1: <laughs> it's a slow realization. Adulthood creeping in.
2: Alrighty. Conversation never ends over on the Good Things Facebook group. Go out tonight and have you officially on us. Enjoy it. Cheese or no cheese? I don't know. Stick with us though. You got the sports talk coming up next from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.